Welcome to Season 3 of the Financial Fofu Podcast, where we talk all things finance, money and mindset. To find out more about us or to listen to some old episodes, you can visit us on our Instagram or Facebook pages or check out our website. So let's get into it today. Okay. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to 2022. This is season three of the Financial Fofu Podcast, and I'm Sarah Eiferman. And I'm Trudy Cowan. Welcome back. Yeah. Wow. What What a year. What a break. How are we doing, going out there? Trudy, how are you doing after your break? It doesn't really feel like much of a break, but I'm doing good. I'm yeah. Glad the, I'm glad the kids are back at school. A lot of people have said to me they've really struggled this year to get back into work having maybe had two weeks off or three weeks off or some people waited till like they had the whole month until like Australia Day weekend and now they're massively struggling for motivation to get to the gym or to eat healthy or they're just exhausted still. I think we had such a big year and so little breaks during that big year. Can we Um, just put it out there and say uh, 2021 was a hell of a year mm. and it's definitely taken its toll and it might take all of us a little bit of time to get back into the swing of 2022. I think so. Mm. So what's been happening? What's happening for you this year, Trudy? Um. Few play, oh, you know, right now it's really just around focusing on finishing off those tax returns of those people that haven't quite got them in, <laughs> in for me yet, but um, just about ready to start launching into tax planning, if you can believe it, for the current well, financial year. Pretty much March, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it, it is pretty much March. <laughs> um, it'll be here before we know it. So um, that's really what I'm focusing on right now. Um but for the year, a few big plans are sort of going to be the year of refining my business, I guess, looking at my procedures and my processes. And I'm going to go through a big process of reviewing my pricing this year, which is yes. going to be interesting. It's on my list um, as well. But um, after the, the couple of years that we've had, I really came to actually get out and go and see all my clients as well. Mm. Get off um, the internet. <laughs> get off the internet and go and see some people in person um, Mm -hmm. and really sit down and see how everyone's doing um, in their businesses after the last couple of years that we've had. Yeah. Yeah. Spending Mm. some time face to face where you can. Yeah. That's really going to be yeah a focus this year. And I'm going to drop this one on you right now. What's your word of the year? Uh, Fun. Ooh, she's already thought about it. She's on it. I have already thought about it, but you know, again, after the couple of years that we've had, Mm. Again, I just want to get out and see my friends and do do things mm-hmm. um, and, and enjoy the year. So this year yeah. it's about fun. Nice, nice. My word of the year this year is consistency. Mm. It's a little less uh, fun or it's more formal than <laughs> yours. But I think, you know, we've had so many ups and downs and starts mm. and stops and in business and in life. I just think consistency and committing to trying to be as consistent as you can for yourself and for those around you is really important and really valuable. And that consistency brings growth and it brings success and it brings great outcomes. Yeah. And you had some big changes last year as well. So I did. I took a C slash tree change and left Melbourne and moved to the Northern Rivers. So I'm up near Yamba. Um, in a cute little town called McLean. So I moved regionally as well. So out of the city. So big changes. Life, 
Yeah, big changes. Life's good though. So if you are listening and you are in the Northern Rivers region, please reach out. I'd love to catch up because we can actually catch up face to face. (laughs) Yeah. So um, happy to to meet and greet and meet some new people up this way. Um, And even if you've got friends up here and you think that we might uh, connect well or get along, please Mm. do an introduction. Why the hell not? Yeah. So what's your plans for the year? Have you got anything big happening? It's, you know, it's a recovery for us in the finance industry mm. um, and in for businesses. Uh, given that I work with B2B, like a lot of businesses have had really tough two years not knowing what's coming, what they can do, what they can invest in, yeah. whether they can spend their money on expansion or whether they need to keep their money to pay their mortgage um, mm. and keep their staff on. So for me, it's really looking at... Um, I reviewed my pricing already for the year. I thought that was important and put a value proposition on what I offer. So not easy. Um, We'll talk about that in a later episode, but it definitely was something that had to happen. Um, In terms of business, I've got some contract work with some fintechs. I'm still a small business um, incubator mentor um, for startup bootcamp. So a bit of that. And yeah, just working through with the clients we've got to really get them on track and plan out their 2022 slash 2023 financial year because realistically, like you said, tax planning is already happening. But yeah. if you haven't done the work to build that basic foundation, then now's the time to be doing it to set yourself up for the 2023 financial year. Isn't that scary? That's it like, is scary that we're motoring, motoring along so quickly. Yeah, just, yeah, running away from us, isn't it? So, yeah, and, and I think this year is going to be an important year for a lot of businesses because hopefully we're past the lockdowns and a lot of the restrictions. And so hopefully this really is going to be that year where businesses can try and get back to a new normal. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> None of those buzzwords are allowed on this podcast, Trudy. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but life life has definitely changed. I Mm. don't believe that it's going back to what it was. No, we really we really need to adjust and find our way for what works now and moving forward. And that's I think, you know, it comes back to for me that consistency in (laughs) the inconsistency is is trying to, you know, judge and move through through all of that as best as we can. Yeah. Um, awesome. So what's on for Fofu this season? I know we gave a little bit of a spill in the teaser, but. We did. This this year we really want to focus on a little bit of an education piece around people's books and how to understand their books and how to understand what a break-even point is and how to make money, how to price your products. Um, so we're really going to be fo- focusing on all of those sorts of topics to start with and then um, later on in the season start looking at a few more topics around investing your money and superannuation um, and those those sorts of areas. But today we're really going to start up front with money mindset. Yes, because I think it is that benchmark or that foundational piece which really sets you up for everything. It is. It- it really does. And I guess to start with, to talk about what actually is your money mindset. Um, and I really see it as what is your attitude to your finances? I'm going to stop right there. Are you flicking an iPad or 
every time you oh, if you got earring, oh, it's rubbing on the zip, the zip of your. <laughs> I'm like every time you move, it goes. Zoom, Sorry. Zoom, zoom. All right. Talk now for a little bit. Better. Better. Oh, fucking heaps better. Sorry. No, no, no. That's fine. I was like, what is that noise? I was like, maybe you had a fidget, a widget that you were fidgeting with. I was like, what is she doing? Okay. We also didn't explain any potential noise issues, but we can maybe go back and. You could probably just do a recorder one liner and slot it in and say. Yeah. We are recording from separate rooms and. um, Yeah. This, I guess, is our test run. So please forgive us for any. Yeah. Okay, so sorry, what was the last thing you said about money mindset? Uh, I said is, is really your attitude that you have towards your finances. Yes. Okay, so we touched on this in our International Women's Day episode last March about yes. all the biases and our histories and our experiences and how they have impacted our money knowledge but also our mindset Mindset. yeah and it's really do you have an abundance or a scarcity attitude to money Mm. and you know and that's not necessarily because you have lots of money but just do you have that attitude that money will yes you money might go but it'll also come again yeah I mean I think if you unpack that money story and the values that you've developed, you better understand those past behaviours mm. and uh, around money and choices that you've made. Yeah. And it might be that you were brought up in a certain household that had a certain attitude yeah. to money, whether that be because you didn't have a lot of it as a family or just because you had parents that themselves had a very scarcity type attitude to money. Yeah. Um, and I, I do highly recommend that if you haven't listened to that episode or even if you have, go back and re-listen to it because it really plays into all of the things that we're talking about today. Yeah, it really does. But, you know, rather than spending all our time talking about what actually is your mindset, we want to talk mm-hmm. about what are some strategies to help you alter yeah. your mindset around money. Um, and as... Um, listeners would know we have a big belief in financial literacy Mm -hmm. Um, and so one of those strategies would be to go and develop your financial literacy yeah and really what that means is is learning what the basic information is as defined by financial literacy I mean because financial literacy is kind of a loaded word yeah. So it's really just understanding the basics of finance, understanding what a cash flow is, understanding what a budget is, understanding what an interest rate is, understanding how to read your pay slip, how to read your tax return, and then how that knowledge then impacts your money choices. Yes, it really is. And there's lots of other, lots of aspects to it. And there's lots of different ways to, to mm. develop your financial literacy. Yeah. Um, it can be as simple as seeking out a friend who has better knowledge than you and having yep. conversations around it. Yeah, ask you know? them to explain some basic concepts. Yeah, we have a bit of a fear of talking to our friends about money, um, but there's no reason that we should. Completely. Mm. I know if anyone was to ring me up and ask me about 
basic money concept, I would 100% give them the time to explain that concept to a way, to a level that they had at least a basic grasp on it. Because there's the other thing with financial literacy is you might not understand it first go. It might take yeah. you a couple of goes to really get it into your head because you're effectively retraining your brain on this topic and that can take time. Yeah, I definitely have my friends ask me questions from time to time. They jokingly, you know, say they need to engage me for some advice, but they're really, they're really just wanting to have a conversation to, yeah, you know, learn a bit more about a, a certain certain topic or maybe understand how their loan or their offset account works, yeah, um, a bit better, and just want to have a conversation so they can educate themselves a bit more. Yeah, completely, completely. Mm. And there, there, there are some courses that you can do. There's some stuff on the Money um, Smart website that the government has. I mean, yes. On our website is my financial literacy course, so you can just jump across to that. Um, yep. You know, there's lots of different ways that you can find information. Mm-hmm. It is a rising topic, especially yes. for women. So you'll start to see more and more of this information be put out there into the marketplace for you to find relatively easily. There's a mm-hmm. whole range of people offering um, this style of education now because it is that much of an issue. Yeah, A lot of people don't have the basic financial literacy. Mm-hmm. And when you're in business, that's problematic potentially because if your decisions are being made with no financial literacy, your money mindset will be skewed as a result and that will have a direct impact on your business choices. Oh, it, it certainly will. Um, you know, we've seen it with some of our mutual clients um, mm. that, you know, you might have a certain client who is very strict with what they spend their money on and then that might limit them in their opportunities within their business because they're not yeah. willing to go and spend that money in an area that might actually help improve or grow yeah. their business. Yeah. Um, but then on the split side, you can have a, a, a client who is so willing to spend money that <laughs> they end up spending money on things that actually aren't helping <laughs> their, their business. And no value. <laughs> no value and ends up impacting on their cash flow. Yeah. Yeah. Or even their ability to pay themselves a wage. Yeah. I mean, we did have a good giggle last season about $22,000 stationary bill. Yes, for a and client that certainly should not have had anywhere near that amount on stationery. <laughs> like seriously, what are you buying from Officeworks or <laughs> stationery department? And look, I do love a good Officeworks shop, but yes. not, not, not that much. <laughs> of course you would. You're an accountant. <laughs> um, so I think it's really important to have a good understanding of, mm. of that. that. You know, it's what we talked about just before is about where your money story comes from, how that mm. impacts your decision, but what are you going to do to change it? Yeah. If and it needs to be changed, right? Because some yeah. people maybe don't need to change it. Because I mean, some people maybe grew up in a household where money came easily to them. But that could work on the flip side as well. Correct. If, money, if money is coming so easily to you, you may not actually understand how to properly manage that money to make sure that it yep. sticks around and yep. that you have it for your future and the long term. Yes. So if your abundance mindset is so far to the scale side of abundance, Mm. money comes in and out without you even really having to think about it, there could be a potential for a better improvement on how you handle your money to give you a better return without maybe having to work as hard as you currently do. Even though you don't feel like you have to work that hard because money's coming in, you'd still be working. And a perfect way to maybe demonstrate that is that there is some statistics around lottery winners yes. and how many of them yes. still have their money 10 years down the track. Yes. 
Correct. They would probably very quickly go to an abundance attitude Mm. because they have this large sum of money, but because Mm. they don't know how to manage it, um, they very quickly spend and lose it. Yeah, it's a great example. Example. So I guess that also demonstrates that on this scarcity abundance scale, you can go too far on either side. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I often talk about this with business clients about where is their business going and that five-year plan and you don't drive from Melbourne to Sydney via Adelaide. And it's kind of the same thing in your personal life in terms of what do you want in life? And what do you need to facilitate that? And I'm not saying lock in stone the three-bedroom house with the white picket fence, but, you know, some decent goals, especially with property prices going through the roof, rental prices going through the roof. It doesn't help if you decide one day that you want to buy a house and you haven't done the background work that you need to do to save the money, to be set up for a loan, to you know, to even have the research done to look in a particular area. So have some personal goals. But they don't necessarily need to be super specific, but you sort of need to know what you want from your life Yeah, well, when, when you want to buy. If, if you're just saying, I just want to save money, yeah, it's very hard to achieve that goal of just saving money. It's a lot easier if I need to save a set amount of money because I want to buy a car mm. or a holiday or yeah. a house or whatever it is. So too general, not helpful, but as you say, too specific can also make it um, – Difficult, but yeah, you do need to have some sort of goal there that you that you want to achieve mm. um, to help you meet those savings goals. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And I think it it also comes down to, to like once you have the financial literacy, you have a financial awareness or a money awareness with the choices mm. that you make, um, and then that that feeds into decisions that you make as well, like emotional shopping or spending. <laughs> Which yeah. we all do. Don't go to the supermarket when you're hungry is my best piece of advice for everybody because the shopping trolley ends up very full with stuff that you don't, don't normally really eat. Neat. And, <laughs> and don't browse the online sales when you're upset or not in the right frame of mind. Mm, emotional you just shopper. Buy something to make yourself feel good because that handbag's really cute. <laughs> Okay, clearly there's a difference here is that Trudy buys handbags and shoes and I go straight for food. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, look, that's it. You've got to be in the right frame of mind when you are doing your spending. Yes, Um, absolutely. Because otherwise, yeah, you will end up spending on things that aren't helpful for you meeting your goals. Yeah. And, look, we did touch on this earlier as well is educating yourself, obviously, Mm. but maybe it's time that you engage a professional understand your life a little bit better how your loans are working um what your finances are doing you know even with your tax are are you just trying to get the maximum tax refund Mm. or do you understand with your job role what you can purchase during the year at certain times that actually gives you a more like a better return than Mm. maybe one you've got or at least sets you up for better growth. Because a lot of people don't realise that when you write down your income, it can reduce your ability to borrow money to do other things. So it's that planning aspect again. Like we talk tax planning in business, but there's such a thing as tax planning in your personal life as well. Definitely. Make make use of your advisors. But I also want to touch on the women who tend to let their husbands take care of the finances. Make sure that you're going to see the accountant and you're yeah. going to see the financial advisor. And if you don't understand 
what they're saying, then ask the questions so that you can educate yourself as well and don't just rely on the fact that your partner Personal responsibility, and, I mean, that works for the opposite where it's the men who may be listening. We're not excluding you. True. Um, Maybe handball the household management to their wives and don't have a true understanding of where the household's money is going and being spent. Um, Again, personal responsibility, especially if you're in the family, that then translates into family responsibility or equal shares of the burden because it can really be a burden of the financial management of the home. Yeah. So in the end of the at the end of the day, get involved, don't push it under a rug, don't ignore it, don't think I don't care about this so I'm not even going to pay attention. Mm. If termites were eating your floors, you'd be paying attention and it's exactly right. The same sort of thing with this stuff. And I'm actually going to put a challenge out there. If you don't know what mm. your spouse is earning, Ooh. go and ask them. <laughs> You're in a team. Wowie. Personal opinion that you should know. Damn you straight. Should know, you should know what the household income is. Yeah, if you're living financially intertwined or yep. dependent, um, yep. not financially independent where you're still keeping mm. everything separate as if you're uh, flatmates living together because some, yep. some families some do, do live like that, which yep. is fine. But if you're at a stage in your relationship where – everything is intertwined, then damn straight, you guys should have a really good understanding of who owns what um, and where that comes from. And I'm just going to jump in here and say, with my tree change to the Northern Rivers came a lot of tropical storms. (laughs) And if there's some noise in the background, it's the heavy rain that's currently pelting on my uh, roof in uh, February. So The joys of the tree change. Yes. (laughs) You take what you can, right? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Now, I guess the next strategy that I think is very important is to not compare your financial situation to that of the people around you. Yes. Yeah. Um, everybody. It's earns a, a trap. Different... <laughs> it, is a, it is a trap. Everybody earns a different amount of money. Everybody chooses to spend their money mm. in different ways. Yeah. You need to take ownership of your own finances and your own choices around your money. And just because you might prefer to spend the money on your house or your children doesn't mean that somebody else has that same opinion. They might prefer flashy cars and holidays. Yeah. But live in a smaller or a less desirable suburb. It's your own personal choices around money. Just before you mentioned about in relationship, this really applies in relationships too. Often I have a husband and wife where the wife thinks one thing, husband thinks another, and it creates huge amount of frictions because They're not on the same page and it's okay to not be on the same page. But if one partner wants to spend a lot of money on alcohol and uh, clothes and another partner prefers to spend their money on kids or experiences, Mm -hmm. set yourself a budget in your relationship and you both spend the same amount of money on that. And if they spend all of their money, that's their choice. And if they spend none of their money, that's also their choice. choice. That money is still theirs. And yeah. that's been one strategy that has massively changed um, relationships with the clients that I work with. Um, yeah, it's yeah. really interesting how that just removes that pressure of expectation immediately. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so it just forces you to look inwards again about your own views and your own preferences for money because you can't change anybody else. So there's no yeah. point trying or worrying about what other people are doing just focus on your own yes i know it's hard it's human nature to compare 
really is. It, it, it really is. I mean, it, it's difficult not to, but um, it really is a strategy that can help, um, especially if you do feel you're on that scarcity mindset. Yeah, and I suppose scarcity mindset, talking about that, maybe it's just you need to flip the money script. Yes. There's a little bit of cognitive behavioural therapy training there. If you don't know what it is, go look it up. It's great. It's life-changing. So rather than saying, no, I can't afford that, maybe you should be saying, if I save for X many weeks, I will be able to achieve buying that instead. Yeah. And it takes practice, trust me. Yeah. <laughs> Or instead of looking at your mortgage and saying, it's going to take me 30 years to pay this off, that is just forever, Mm -hmm. then you can change that mindset in a number of different ways. One of them might be, I'll just pay this amount of money and eventually I'll own home the home and that's fine. But for now, my family has a place to live. Exactly. Or or you might change it to, if I pay a little bit more, then I can pay it off quicker. Yeah, if I pay an extra $20 a month or a fortnight, I'll actually shave two years off that loan term. Yeah. So, you know, there's a number of different ways that you could change that story to make the mindset a more positive one. Yeah, moving from the negative. negative. Yes, absolutely. I mean, again, can be human nature depending on our life experiences that we focus more on the negative than the positive. Mm. But we'll move to that gratitude position. You'll find your life changes. And it takes 21 days to form a new habit. But Mm. if you start today, it won't be too far into March until you may actually have a new habit about how you view life and yeah. how you view your money. Um, a really common example that we would see is that when we're talking to clients about changing their business structure, yeah. and obvi- often all mm. they can see is the cost of setting up the new structure, yeah. whereas to us we're saying, no, no, it's an investment in your business to help it grow and move forward. Yeah, it's you're right. <laughs> And you could apply that to many different expenses within your business. Yes, you could look at it as just a cost and it's money and I don't want to spend it. Or you could look at it, but if I spend this money, that's going to save me time or improve my processes or improve my client experience and reframe that cost in a more positive way. Absolutely. And we we did touch on this a little bit earlier um, with the direct impact on your business choices, that overspender versus the underspender. Mm. I suppose the really thing that I want to drive home here is that these, this position that you have with your money mindset has a direct impact on your cash flow, your profit and your viability of business. So by improving your mindset on money, you can really change from working harder to working smarter and getting more um, driven success out of your business without necessarily doing too much extra to change that. Yeah, that's right. And we love working smarter. <laughs> Absolutely. Who <laughs> wants to work harder? Not me. <laughs> so I'd be really keen to hear if anyone else has any other suggestions regarding um, strategies to improve their money mindset or perhaps even like a story that really worked for you. We'd love to hear um, whether there's anything profound that has experienced that you've happened happened for you in the last 12 or 18 months that's really changed the way you view things we know it's been a difficult time and I think it can really help to hear other people's stories it really can it really can help to hear other people's stories um um, especially those around how people have been able to improve their mindset and thus improve um their attitude and their their feelings towards money yeah absolutely 
All right. Well, I think that's plenty for today. Lots to think about there. We will see you next week with another episode of Financial Fofu. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Financial Fofu. We really appreciate you tuning in and hope that you have subscribed to our channel. I just wanted to let you all know that the information and material in our podcast and any supplementary and associated information available is for general purposes only. It should not be taken as constituting professional advice from us, the podcast owners and our special guests. And we recommend that you seek independent, suitable advice that is specific for your unique circumstances. Thanks for tuning in hope to see you next week please 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 send us um, use our link and send us any requests or any feedback we'd really appreciate it cheers